Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot, and it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's PatriotMobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Rachel, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Blake, thanks for having me. I can't believe this is your first time on the show because we have known each other since before I was even doing any of this. Yeah, I, you know, I have to confess, I have a podcast also. And sometimes I'm like, I don't remember who I've had on. It's almost oh, yeah. embarrassing sometimes because I'll be like, hey, I've had you on. And they're like, no, you haven't. Yeah. So I get it. Oh, I mean, I did that earlier. I was like, have you been on the show before? Because it feels like we talked so much on Instagram. We worked together because I was doing graphic design at the time. And so, but I'm excited. You have a book out in the world and it's about body image and image restored. And you have such an incredible viewpoint that you bring to the conversation because you're a woman who has a body, right? But you also are a counselor and a trauma-informed therapist and you you kind of are able to like marry these two worlds together of like, I get you, I understand you, but let me give you wisdom and encouragement and guidance and tell you what's worked for me. And so tell us a little bit about Image Restored. I love this, the subtitle, Tear Down Shame and Insecurity to Experience a Body Image Renovation. If that doesn't hit and connect with most women, like, I don't know what will. Yeah, well, and if you ever see the title of Image Restored, the four letters R-E-S-T, rest, and restored are a different color. And that was purposeful because the heart behind the book is that it's a safe and soft landing space for women to come and get their body image restored, but not in the striving way, because that's all we've been taught. And that's even instead of taking a top-down approach, which is what we call behavior modification, right? Just trying to, which is really what 
all the fad diets and all that is like they're just giving us these empty promises that, hey, if you go ahead and do this, then then you're going to finally love your body. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I've tried the things I've lost the weight and I've gained it back and I've done all the things and nothing has quite gotten to the root like taking a bottom up approach, which is exactly what I did in Image Restored. Man, behavior modification and the idea that we can strive ourselves or fix ourselves into like fixing this body and then that will fix everything. I can't tell you how many women I know and how many times I've experienced myself. It's like, okay, this is the thing. This is going to fix it. And then once it's fixed, my life's going to be perfect. And I think people who have even like, quote unquote, lost the weight will tell you, actually, you just are in a smaller body and you still have all the same jacked up perspectives and views of yourself. Yep. And like, we have to go to the root. Like we have to go ground level. And I really had that experience in the last year. I, like you, have done every diet that exists. Like I always am like, I don't even want to know how much money I've spent in the last 10 years trying to lose weight and be in a smaller body and never with the intention of like health. Yeah. It was always with the intention of losing weight and therefore being what I had deemed more attractive and therefore, I guess, finding what I thought I needed. Absolutely. And I would even say for myself, the times that I got the most praise for my body and people on the outside would have thought I was the most healthy. I was very unhealthy, not only physically, but for sure mentally, like check me into an institute mentally kind of unstable. Yeah. And that was getting all kinds of praise because I looked amazing. Yeah. So I'm here for this conversation for sure. Yeah. In January of 20, I can never remember. I think it was 21. Yeah. January of 21. I decided to get off of my anxiety medications because I had a like fitness coach at the time who was just convinced that that was why I couldn't lose weight was being on these anxiety meds. And so I tapered off of them way faster than the the taper schedule and lost a ton of weight. Like it very well could be the Prozac is causing, you know, inflammation or whatever. So, I mean, it was noticeable. It was drastic. I was also losing my mind. Like you were saying, I retrospectively could have potentially been sent to an institution. Like it was so bad. And that is, first of all, the beauty and dark side of something like Instagram, where people are actively watching, like your face gets slimmer and your body gets smaller. There, That's a highlight reel. Like they're not seeing that you're crying yourself to sleep every night or that your husband's like, you're not as okay as you think you are. You know what I mean? And so I know people mean so well when they're giving you these compliments and they're, they're telling you, you know, that you physically on the outside look so incredible, but it just teaches us that like, it's all connected. Yeah. And if I'm not doing well mentally, then the physical doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What did this look like for you? What is like a little synopsis of your of your body image story. I was reflecting recently, trying to remember a time before I didn't struggle. You know how when you struggle with something for so long, you're trying to be like, man, when did I not struggle? And the first memory that comes up for me where I can just very much go, okay, that's where it definitely entered for sure. I was in fifth grade and I was more of a chubby kid. I mean, definitely I love to eat and I still love to eat. Who am I kidding? But 
in, in the fifth grade, I was in PE, mandatory PE class. Mm-hmm. Never could wrangle my way up that rope. You know, just hung there like a blimp as the coach is yelling at me, like, just try harder. And I'm like, I'm trying as hard as I can. Can't get up <laughs> this. But one of those gym class days, for whatever reason, they were weighing us. And I just remember there was this one of those giant doctor-like scales. And you'd have to walk up to the front of PE, of the gymnasium, get on. And they were yelling your weight from one side of the room to the next, like, so somebody else could write it down. And I remember they yelled my weight. And at that age, I was already just, I noticed I was significantly, my number was significantly higher than my friends who had gone before me. Yeah. And there were a little kind of some giggles and somebody said, you you weigh more than the boys. And I did. I mean, honestly, like I was outweighing the boys then. And at that time, you know, it's hindsight. We see things that we don't, you know, didn't see in the moment. But the enemy just started, and I have story after story, we could spend the next three hours talking, and we all could, right? Just listening to each other's stories. But it started to shape my core beliefs that, okay, my worth is in my weight. And I had multiple experiences where it was shaping me and, you know, getting a little made fun of and never had a boyfriend and all these things. And then when I was in high school, I lost a bunch of weight due to an injury. And first and only time in my life, 30 pounds just fell off like overnight, you know, not just because of medical reasons. And I got lots of attention. I got my first boyfriend I had, you know, and so I did the, you know, that core belief that, oh, wow, my value is in what I look like, which is essentially I have to work to earn love. I have to work to earn acceptance and then income striving in came yo-yo dieting, disordered eating, over exercising, taking all kinds of things. And it was just a cycle that I did on my own. It was a very private thing because I didn't want anybody to know, right? We don't want people into the spaces that you're like, well, this is working for me, working in air quotes, right? Right. And it wasn't even until I got married that my husband, I'm so thankful. I am blessed to be married to a sound mind man who, you know, has spoken so much life over me in this area. But um, it wasn't until I got married and he saw some of my disordered behaviors and he's like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah. And that's when I was able to start getting help. So there's just like a little brief, like the earliest memory I have up until, you know, where I was to where it, I started to seek help and realize this isn't how I want to live the rest of my life. First of all, let me find out that in mandatory PE, they are yelling weights across the gym for my children. Like, hi, even if you aren't a bigger kid, that is yeah. so trauma-inducing. Yeah. What, what yeah. were they thinking? I'm like, you're adults. Yeah. You know better. Anyway, it's funny because my story is kind of like flip-flopped. I was always really fit, really thin. I was a dancer. And then I had children. I had my first when I was 23. And then the next one when I was 26. And my body does not like being pregnant at all. And so gained all the weight, couldn't lose it. Like, I have an eight and a six-year-old. I probably like still have baby weight to lose because my body just went just nuts both times. And I kind of have the flip-flop where I had always gotten attention for my uh, physical appearance from boys and girls and friends and boys that I wanted their attention. And then that stopped when I blew up like a blimp because I was growing humans. You know what I mean? And it shook my identity and and my core beliefs 
later in life, right. That had been like, it was like a different set. It was like the same beliefs we were both taught just different directions, you know? And I think so many women have some version of one of those stories, right? They either were super, super fit. And so they got the attention and they built their identity on that, or they struggled with their weight and didn't, and they built their identity on that. Right. And so at the end of the day, it really is an identity issue. It really does come down to what do I believe about who I am, even when it comes to my body? Because I think some people try to lead this conversation in a direction of like, none of that matters. Like, well, we can't just brush it all under the rug and act like this isn't a conversation worth having. So for you as an adult, like you're blessed, you marry a man that's going, no, like this, this is not normal. This is not like normal ordered behavior. What were like some of the changes that happened for you that were able to kind of make your perspective shift? Like, I actually love that our stories are flipped because I think this is great for the listener to hear this because sometimes you can listen in on a conversation and the two people talking are going, me too. Oh my gosh, that was me. Yeah. And, and the listener is going, well, I can't relate to your story because mine was flipped. So I want to encourage the listeners. I'm so glad you're getting to hear this because there are no two, I call them body image timeline that are alike. Yeah. You could search all, all you wanted your whole life. You're never going to find somebody else who their story is exactly like yours. That's okay because we're not here to encourage you to do exactly like Rachel did or do exactly like Blake did. No, we're saying, Jesus, come take a look at the things that have shaped me. And if there's anything in here that's not from you, let's rewrite it. Yeah. So I love that they got to hear that. And then you said, what changed for me? Okay. So the biggest thing was that I actually started having these conversations. It seems so stinking simple. Like, I know people get mad at how simple things can be sometimes, but I'm like, guys, that's why I love that we're getting to have this conversation because my heart in prayer is that it encourages then the people listening to go, maybe I should have that conversation with somebody else. Because as I mentioned, especially when it comes to your body. So my husband and I are in the healthcare industry just as our livelihood and our career. And we do a lot of work with mine's mental health. He's a chiropractor. So we're working with the bodies a lot, different things. And people are extremely private when it comes to their body. And I understand it is a private matter, right? I'm not asking you to go get on Instagram and share everything you've ever thought about what's happening with you. But do you at least have a friend, a counselor, a somebody that you can have these conversations with? And then here's why it has to be a safe space. And here's what I'm, I also want to define what I mean by safe space with these conversations is that we don't judge each other when we bring it to the table. Yeah. I address emotions in image restored because. I don't like, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, oh, I feel fat. Well-meaning, we say, oh, you're not fat. But what we're asking them to do is we're asking them to tiptoe around their emotions rather than go through them. Yes. Like, I'm like, all right, let's sit with that. Let's sit with, like, what if we sat in that I feel fat statement? Not that I want any of my friends to believe that as a truth, but I'm sitting with them in it and going, where's this coming from? Again, we're going back to that core belief. Where, where did this thing come from? So that was the first most simple thing I started to do. I know you probably have follow-up, so I'll stop at that one just to say, starting to have the good conversations.
holidays are right around the corner and HelloFresh can take the stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door, saving you tons of time. And like always, their ingredients travel from the farm to your door so you know they are fresh and everything arrives pre-portioned so you can get right to cooking quick. Personally, our life ramps up pretty significantly in the month of November and it does not slow down until about January. So I need help in the kitchen. HelloFresh takes the guesswork and prep out of dinner time so mom's not stressed and we still get to have quality family dinner together multiple times a week. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash confessions free and use the code confessions free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash confessions free with code confessions free. Look, I work in social media, so I am not judging. But if the first thing you do when you wake up is look at your phone, I have a better idea. Instead of checking social media, open the Abide app and go through one of their daily meditations. They're based on biblical scriptures, and these audio meditations will center you and draw you closer to Christ. I also do them through the day when I feel hurried or stressed. It's super easy and effective. And for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off of a premium Abide subscription when you text the word REAL, R-E-A-L, to 22433. The meditations start at about two minutes long. I usually go for the long ones right when I wake up. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by texting R-E-A-L, REAL, to 22433. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. So support this show and get your 25% off by texting R-E-A-L, REAL, to 22433. Yeah, I think for me, it was realizing kind of what we were just saying of how jacked up my identity had gotten. And this sounds so cheesy, but I saw, I don't remember if it was a TikTok or if it was like on Pinterest, but it was somebody just very boldly and blatantly saying, if at your funeral, people are talking about your body, you did something wrong. Yeah, Like you live, did not live your life in an impactful way. If that's all people have to talk about your favorite people in the world that you have lost, did it even occur to you when they were gone, what their physical body looked like, unless they were some like incredible athlete, maybe, but otherwise, and just like allowing myself to strip away what my body looks like and therefore lay bare who I actually am. And also who God says I am and what he says I'm worth. And I kind of had to grapple with like, is that enough? Yeah, that's so good. And I love that you brought up exactly. That was, I feel like a shift for me came when I got righteous anger about it. Righteous anger about the money and time I've spent trying to lose this the weight and then it pops right back on or losing it and realizing, oh crap, I'm still not happy. <laughs> you know, like, like there's that. But then also righteous anger about, I very much believe this body obsession is a, a distraction from the enemy. 100%. Like he wants us so distracted looking down that we forget to look up at Jesus. And if he can get me to hop on that scale first thing in the morning and then let my mood rise and fall based on what I can see, then guess what? He's controlling me. Yeah. He don't even need to throw anything else my way because he's like, she's so distracted with her body right now. 
she's fine. Like, I don't have to worry about her. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the core beliefs that you saw when you were working on your book and just in your practice that women are believing that are enslaving them that way? What are some of those so that we can say them out loud so the people who are listening can go, oh, shoot. Yep. That one's me. A big one I definitely believed, and I do see this in a lot of women I counsel, is I have to earn my worth. Uh, this goes very much deeper than just body image. It comes in, we see it with work, we see it with friendships, we see it just across the board of, I have to hustle, and if I don't do this, then what do I have? Who am I? And again, we've said this multiple times, it comes back to that identity thing of, if I don't have this, who am I? Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. trying to figure out who am I? And I actually came across a really cool study uh, about, and it was a secular study, so it was pretty cool, but it was about secure attachment. They, this study found that a more secure attachment to our creator was found in women who have better body image. Huh. I found that interesting because again, it's an identity thing, secure attachment to God. It's an identity thing. Yeah. This article, of course, didn't talk about it as being identity, but I immediately saw, oh, of course, the more attached I am to God and what he says about me and who I am in him, because that's something, honestly, Blake, I feel like God's continuing to teach me, even within the last year and writing the book, man, you want to talk about wrestling out a topic, write a book on it. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, we're, we're going deeper. I didn't know yeah. it, there's more to be had, but there was. And I feel like the Lord really deeply uh, attached me even further to him. And that is something that's been really cool to see that the more attached we are to him, seasons of life, sizes of pants, zits on the face, wrinkles on the forehead. None of that shifts my identity. Yeah. Is it annoying or like, can we notice it? Absolutely. We're, we're human beings. We're going to notice, like you said, I'm never one to just dismiss that body image is a thing and say, oh, make it super spiritual. Like, it's okay. The Lord only sees the heart. And that is true. But we live in a world who sees much more than the heart. And so you do have to acknowledge, yeah, we live in this and we will live in this. And those things can be frustrating and, and all that, but they don't get to define me. And I think that's the wisdom and the power in this conversation is the ability to acknowledge like, yeah, I get it. We were innately born with a desire to be seen as worthy. And it is the human condition that we will try to find that fulfillment somewhere else. But good news. Like I have the best news for you. Like, I love you. You're talking about attachment styles. You can securely attach yourself to the creator of the universe, the creator of those desires, and he will fulfill them. And the crazy thing that happens is you do that, you kind of almost put on blinders, but not really, right? Like it's, I don't want us to be, people talk about like being so heaven focused that you're missing what's on earth. But like, if you can focus your mind on that, It's like, oh, wait, God really does know what he's doing. He really is able. He really is as good as he says he is to meet you where you are and like start just pulling that stuff off of you. Like my body hasn't really changed that much in the last year, but my my relationship with my body has significantly. Yeah. And that's just from leaning into him. 
Okay. I love that you just use the phrase, my relationship with my body, because I do believe that the Lord is after restored union with him and within our, and within ourselves. And so many women, and I know you and I can both relate to this are at war within themselves. And let's think about this for a second. If I'm at war with my body, that means I view my body as an enemy. Okay. That means the relationship I do have, if my body tries to speak to me and, you know, send me signals, I'm like, shut up. Yeah. I don't like you. Why would I listen to you? Why would you listen to somebody you don't like? That's literally an enemy. We wouldn't. And so I love that you said that statement about that as you have more securely attached to your creator, you have organically gotten into a better relationship with your body because you're literally, you're ceasing fire and you're saying, you know what? I'm done being your enemy. You're my friend. You're a gift from God. We were never meant to worship our bodies. They were meant to be a vehicle, a, a vessel, a gift from the Lord. So we could move and breathe and have our being and, and walk and talk and be with him. And then out of that being comes all the overflow of all the stuff we get to do. Yeah. The idea that your body isn't your enemy, I think is very closely married to the idea. And, and this is a subconscious thing that I see in a lot of women that I get to talk to the idea that we are still enemies with God. Yeah. Like that we're still trying to scrap our way into his good standing that he's going to like pull away his love. If we do something wrong, it's, it's this lack of understanding about who God is and how good he is and what he has always been to us. And then that just like drips into every part of your life. And then that is why you end up having anxious attachments styles to other relationships in your life, because you're so insecure here, like with your, with your ver vertical relationship that the horizontal ones go to crap because again, I know I said this earlier, and this is like a really big point that I make in my book is like, you were created for these things. You were created for connection. You were created to feel safe and loved and gifted. Stop trying to find all of that in all the wrong places because it affects everything. And when I stopped viewing myself as an enemy of God, but instead like a co-heir and a co-worker and we partner and like, yes, he's in control, but like we get to do this together. We are yoked together. That then was like the belief that bled into the rest of my life, into my relationships and my relationship with myself was like, we're all the same team. We're all on the same team. We may not agree on everything. And there are things that like my body does not agree with that I try to do to it. You know, like I cannot drink alcohol. I want to be able to have a glass of champagne with my girlfriends. My body hates it. But like, because it's not my enemy, I can now be like, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to give you what you don't need. Yeah. Ooh, this is, this is good. You're preaching, Blake. <laughs> Let's talk about trauma. And like the impact that trauma experiences have on how we as adults not only view our bodies, but then teach our daughters how to view theirs. Because you, I mean, you've already told one story that that is trauma. Like that is, that's horrible to, to have that kind of experience. What have you seen in your conversations with women that like, because women are so bad about brushing off trauma and acting like it was nothing. And then it runs your life as an adult. It was 
very important to me to address the topic of trauma around body image, because I think that when you see, we can all just have these conversations and we can see oftentimes poor beliefs and we can see these things. And I think even we have had a lot of people address body image and even from the place of scripture and different things. But when you have trauma that has shaped your, how you not only view life, but yourself, but what happens with trauma. And actually the the story I told there was what we'd call a little T trauma, which to a little girl, it felt like a big T trauma. But then over the years, I had that same message on those little T traumas. And it's kind of like creating, if you were making a stone tower and every time some, you ever, ever been on a hike and you notice a little stone thing going yeah. and what did everybody do? We all add a stone to it or go, oh, okay. Yeah, we were here too. That's kind of what happens with these smaller T traumas at first. Like I didn't even go home and tell my parents that that happened, by yeah. the way. I was, I'm also just a quiet person. So maybe if I was more of a loud, I would have gone home and said something, but still a lot of kids and adults, we just have stuff happen that hurts and we just don't really ever tell anybody about it because it seems insignificant or it seems like, well, I feel silly to, that wasn't a big deal. That's a big one we come along with. But over the years, that stone tower gets bigger and bigger. And that those small T traumas turn into having as big of effect as big T traumas. And we're kind of going, why? I haven't had, I can't tell you the number of people I've counseled that they're like, I don't have any trauma in my life. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) surprise. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's talk. Let me see. Well, we'll see about that. And we do, we see that these themes were shaped. And uh, then of course, big T traumas. And we don't even need to get into that because I think we all pretty much know, especially anything that has to do with your body when it comes to trauma. Absolutely. Lots of study and lots of evidence around it's going to for sure affect body image and addiction. So that's just like, for sure. But what happens with trauma is that your brain and emotions that are associated with that memory get stuck. Mm. Like that's literally, I mean, there's like science behind it stuck. And so something I do in therapy is EMDR. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's just helps to unlock the brain because our bodies are amazing. Again, God did not make a mistake when he designed our bodies all the way it functions. Like it's great. And in some ways, our trauma responses are helpful in the moment because they help us. And when we sleep the, in REM cycle, your brain, you're, you're actually doing a side to side eye movement when you're sleeping in REM cycle and your brain is dumping memories that it's like, yeah, I don't think I need to remember that, like what I wore, or what I ate, but then things that it feels like I should hang on to this, it keeps. And so with trauma, it hangs on to those things so that things I'm protecting you by hanging on to these memories. And so then that's why we have to go back in later and go, okay, brain, we so appreciate you. We're so thankful that you did your job in the moment, but this is no longer serving us. It's time to process it. Yeah. It's a really important thing for people to recognize that they might have some unprocessed trauma, especially if you feel like the things that you're trying aren't really working and aren't really getting to the root. It's probably time to do a little bit deeper digging on there. I could talk about trauma work all day. So yeah, we follow up. (laughs) I do EMDR therapy and it's hard and it's exhausting and it pulls up things that you literally had forgotten, but it's made, I know it's made such a massive impact. It's such a large part of my conversation 
this conversation for me in every part of my life, not just my body, but just, I love the idea or like that you called it little T traumas, because I think those are the ones that get even more minimized because they're not something that is on in headlines and gets a lot of attention. And I know some people kind of push back against the idea of identifying those things as traumas are like, everything can't be a trauma. And I'm like, but it can. There's a lot of trauma that we walk through. And that doesn't mean that we, again, like it doesn't mean that we make those traumas our identity. It doesn't mean that we carry those things around and let them become a part of who we are and how we react to things. But until you can identify something as what it is, it's going to be incredibly difficult to process it and heal from it. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head. I'm so glad you said that. We are not identifying them so that you can become a victim to your trauma. That's opposite of what we're doing. We're we're exposing it. We're going, oh, hey, this is what it was. This was a big deal. It did impact you. But good news, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And then that's not have to be your identity. And it's not your identity, but we are just exposing it, revealing it and healing it. Yeah. And sometimes you can find there were, there have been things in doing EMDR therapy personally that have kind of come up and I didn't even realize I had made this little trauma a part of my identity. And then you have to like rip it off and put it down. And so I'm not making this sound overly attractive, but it is, it, it is a difficult process, but it's so worth doing because then you can get, you can start to get to the other side of those things. Yeah. And Blake, I'm actually glad that you're not making it look attractive. And here's why, because doing this kind of work, it's deep and it's hard. And that's why most people don't do it. And in fact, if I wanted to sell more books, I would have sold, you know, how to lose the weight in 10 days or whatever. Right. Like that. If I was going after that, we're taking the hard and the narrow road with this. And I'm aware of that. Yeah. But I want to encourage people while it is the hard and the narrow, meaning very few people choose to get on the road. The beautiful emergence on the other side is totally worth all of it. And just like, it's just unexplainable, the freedom that's waiting on the other side. Amen. And so just wanted to encourage the listeners with that. Yeah. You don't have to stay where you are, even mm-hmm. if it's been how every woman in your family has ever walked through life. That doesn't mean that you have to. And if you know that there is more available to you, why would you not go get it? For sure. Yeah. Go get it. (laughs) Go get it. Thank you so much for the work that you do and this conversation. This is incredible. Tell people where they can find and follow you online. My main hub is my website. That's rachelgilbert.com. You do spell my name with an extra A, R A C H A E L. Thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) Funny story behind that. We won't share it right now. And then the website is imagerestoredbook.com. Thank you so much. Thanks, Blake. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.